I didn't get good advisors for a long time. And once I found them, they helped point out some things, which was really cool. So if you can find a good advisor, it's helpful. Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honest E-Commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today, I'm welcoming to the show the CEO of ProMix Nutrition, Albert Matheny. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Chase. Awesome. All right. So for, for those that are unaware, can you quickly just talk about the types of products that ProMix is bringing to the market? Yeah. Um, when we started in proteins. We were, I would say, the first or right there when it came to 10 years ago doing grass-fed whey protein. Um, that was something we started with. And then as, as the company grew, you know, we just started having more inquiries into vegan proteins, collagen. You know, we, I talked to athletes, they wanted pre-workouts. And so we really expanded there and we kind of, you know, covered the full suite of products you would think of when you think of supplements. Awesome. Awesome. So now take me back in time, uh, to when this idea kind of first happened, you know, what was what were the next steps from going from like idea to an actual product, I guess? Yeah, quick context was just, you know, I grew up in Gainesville, Florida. Um, it's where Gatorade is from, you know, big athletic town. I ran track at the University of Florida, I went there, my dad was a professor. Uh I grew up a couple blocks from Dr. Cade, who started Gatorade. So I was around Gatorade products and was kind of like so my you know, <laughs> there's not much going on in Gainesville, but you like sports and you like having that insight into, okay, there's like, this is a potential business. Outside of that, I didn't really have any sort of business people is, you know, if you're from a small town, like probably doctors and lawyers are like, who you think of when you think of successful people in town. Um, and then really just, I honestly Googled and started trying to learn. And, you know, I started out setting up my own certified organic handling facility and, you know, talking to farms that did dairy and it just kind of built from there. So it was very organic. I definitely did not, you know, you think about how to spin up a e-com brand today. It's a lot easier. Um, there's a lot of, <laughs> you can just click, click a couple buttons and end up with something. But this was really like, I had no, uh, connections. I had no, uh, there just wasn't an ecosystem built. So it was really like, you know, I was packing protein bags, you know, in a facility that I got certified and doing all that from earlier stage. Absolutely. Now, when you when you had this idea to build a uh, build this business, did you do any kind of validation to see if like the market even wanted what you were trying to sell? Not really. You know, I think about well, I saw like I think it's a lot of times I still I'll see parallels in other markets. So, um, you know, before the whole Greek yogurt wave, there was like a yogurt wave prior to that, and yogurt was one of those categories where you know it had a premium over something like you know, standard kind of milk. Um, and I started to see brands that were kind of talking a little bit more about like, well, you know, where's this milk that's in the yogurt from? Or like, how are these cows raised? Or like, what are the cultures in the yogurt? And like, kind of like more nuanced conversation around stuff rather than just like, you know, milk is milk and orange juice is orange juice. Like, what kind of oranges are like, whatever. So basically taking that kind of framework and saying like, all right, you know, I see that there's protein. I'm, I'm using these Gatorade products. They don't make me feel the best, but they, you know, help me on the field or whatever. Um, 
oh, like, where does stuff come from? And then kind of, I took that framework and just said, you know, when it comes to protein, like, well, you know, if I go to the farmer's market, why can't I have that same approach when it comes to, you know, making you know, a whey protein, for example. So. Absolutely. Now, when you first had the idea to, when you first had like a, a sample product in your hand, how long did that take you? It took a little while just because there was a lot of like basic business set up that I had no idea. You know, I was like literally calling like the SBA and being like, can you connect me with like somebody who knows how to start a business and like very, very basic stuff, which is cool because, you know, the government actually does <laughs> have a system where like, if you have no idea what you're doing, like they they do have a system to like help foster that, which is kind of unique probably to America a bit. Um, but, you know, once I got the basic stuff, how to set up a, you know, LLC or S Corp or whatever, and then... um it was probably like probably eight weeks, you know, the, the actual me doing it, you know, it, it was full of soup, kind of soups and nuts or however you want to think about it. Like I designed the label, I, you know, figured out the packaging, I found scoops. I, you know, all those things kind of came together. Um, I think I do a good job parallel tracking stuff, you know, so there's just a bunch of balls in the air all at once. And so I think it was about eight weeks and then I had like a basic product. You know, and I also knew I wasn't going to try to come out of the gate and start like a really complicated thing. Like I was literally just selling like protein, you know, very, very simple. Awesome. So you have this basic product and, you know, you know, it's in your mind, you're, you've built an MVP, basically. You're like, let's give this thing a shot. How'd you find customers? Where'd you go? How'd you try to sell this? Yeah, it was definitely not. Um, I would never say, you know, the business has taken off since I've realized that. I'm a bit of an idealist where it's like, I think that you can just make a great product and people are going to find it. And that's obviously completely false. <laughs> Everyone that's like, I want to meet more great product people so you can bolt on like the top of funnel. Um, cause that's what our business is now, you know? Um, so I kind of started going to, like I said, the yogurt, like going to health food stores and independent stores where like I saw a lot of other kind of products that, you know, not in the protein category for sure. Cause there weren't a lot of like, mom and pop protein companies, but there were like mom and pop kimchi or mom and pop, you know, yogurt or goat milk or whatever. And so going into those stores and starting to bring the bags to buyers. Um, and it, and that worked, you know, I started to get people aware of the product. People liked it. Stores would reorder. I'd set up a basic website. People would find the website. I think it was important again, where like, you know, again, I'm not good at marketing, but there are people, if you make a really good niche product, they'll find it you know, for sure. Like you, if you're like, Oh, I'm doing, uh, you know, some kind of mushroom variety that's super rare. There's probably not, you know, if you Google that, there's probably like maybe five sellers of some like niche mushroom. So doing like a grass fed whey protein when 99% of people had not heard their word grass fed, except these like fringe healthy type people. And they found the product. Um, and then, you know, fast forward a little bit, getting on Amazon was where, you know, Amazon was kind of like, new then and being a new product in a new category, then things started to go. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about timelines. When was that? Uh, 2011-ish. So you are getting in front of your customers by going to where they are, which are these more specialized uh, health food adjacent kind of smaller retailers, get some wholesale accounts. Then you launch on Amazon. And does that just turn the business upside down? It just started kind of, yeah, starting to work a little bit. And again, like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, I wish you could go back now with what I know and just, you know, you'd demolish, but it is what it is. So it was a new frontier. I, I still didn't even advertise. I was just like literally like very basic images that I did up on Amazon 
and it worked, you know, and people started buying it. And there was just, again, it was kind of like a little bit of a blue ocean as far as that. There was a couple big brands on Amazon, but you know, there's a big segment of the market that was like, all right, like there just wasn't many players outside the big brands. There was like optimum nutrition, these big brands you've seen at GNC for 30 years. Um, they had their presence, but you know, seeing a product that was kind of like clearly more like natural, um, spoke to a lot of people because the whole supplement space, that's, you know, I love still do like it's you've gotten more homogeneous, but you know, when Whole Foods used to be really like kind of trailblazing, you would go through the aisles and like you could see where certain, again, like parallel categories where like, Oh, somebody put instead of in a plastic thing, they put it in glass and that totally elevates the category. And so that's what I did with proteins. I was like, I want to be in a different bag. Everything's in a plastic jug. I want to be in, you know, a bag or something like that. Absolutely. So when did things really start to scale and start to take off for the business? There was like two different points. One was, you know, still not really leaning into the marketing side, but figuring out Amazon more and spending a bit of money on Amazon. And that the business started to crank along and was profitable and at a good, you know, uh, medium seven figures for a number of years and throwing off good profits. And then a few years ago, I started a gym in New York in 2013 that's still around. And that was really a community piece because, you know, e-com is, there's more of a ecosystem now, but like you're basically on your computer by yourself most of the day. So it wasn't really fun. And I'd always been training in athletics. So I was open a gym with some buddies that created a community piece that I really enjoyed. Um, and through that, I met my current business partner, Devin. Uh, he was involved in another gym and then we just kind of had the same, uh, thoughts around food and nutrition. And he grew up on a farm in New Hampshire. So we were all like in the same headspace. Um, once he came in and, you know, he's got a sizable audience on Instagram and also just is amazing at talking and just, you know, getting out there and networking. Um, then the business, you know, has doubled the, a little bit more than doubled the last couple of years. Um, so it's been, like I said early, that top of funnel bolt on to really good products because there's a lot of huge amount of repeat customer rate, everything like that. But just unawareness, you know, I had products where I almost discontinued them, been on, you know, selling for two years. And then people, once Devin came in, they're like, wow, this new product is so great. I'm so happy you made this product. I'm like, yo, it's been around for like two years. <laughs> or people suggest ideas where I'm like, like, hey, you should do a kid's thing. I'm like, I did that. I tried that like four years ago and no one bought it. But now it's just having that awareness out there really matters. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to take a few moments to talk about a partnership we've had at the agency for years. Electric Eye and Recharge have been partners for longer than I can remember. Recharge is our go-to solution for clients when it comes to subscriptions. At Electric Eye, we know the ins and outs of Recharge. For example, we've set up replenishment subscriptions for consumables, created countless subscribe and save campaigns, and most recently, we got a client into a Recharge beta program to utilize Recharge's dynamic bundling solution for subscriptions. We've partnered with Recharge to solve subscription, loyalty, and membership for a div diverse range of clients spanning industries like food and beverage, automotive, supplements, CPG, and beauty. Not only is Recharge an incredible partner, they've been paving the way for subscription solutions longer than anyone else in the game. The product is unmatched, giving them a massive advantage against the competition. Clients often come to us because they've struggled to find agencies that truly understand how to harness the power of Recharge. We're not just familiar, we're bona fide Recharge experts. It's one of our specialties. It's a pain point we're happy to solve. As a top-tier Recharge expert, we have unparalleled access to support and resources that ensure we'll have a successful outcome. 
We stay appraised of all their new feature releases and compatibilities, bundling, memberships, flows, you name it, we know it. So if subscriptions, memberships, or loyalty are on your to-do list and you're ready to have it done, just let us know. Visit electriceye.io slash recharge today to learn more about how we can tailor Recharge's robust product to your specific needs. That's E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Y-E dot I-O slash R-E-C-H-A-R-G-E. Let the experts at Electric Eye get it done the right way the first time. Join the ranks of our satisfied clients who partnered with us and recharged to harness recurring revenue within their business. All right, I want you to picture this. You're an e-commerce merchant juggling multiple platforms to manage your email marketing, SMS campaigns, and product reviews. It's a time-consuming and costly ordeal. But with Sendlane, those days of chaos are long gone. Sendlane brings together the power of email, SMS, and reviews all in one convenient place. So you can say goodbye to the hassle of separate tools and hello to simplified operations, increased efficiency, unified customer experience, and huge savings. And I haven't even gotten to the best part. With the all-new free Sendlane reviews, you can leverage social proof to build trust and credibility with potential customers. Let me say that again. Free product reviews. With Sendlane, you pay for email and SMS and you get reviews for free. Sendlane understands that customer feedback is essential for the success of any e-commerce business. That's why they've made an integral part of their platform without any additional cost to you. By unifying these key components of your tech stack, Sendlane helps you save time and money all while generating more revenue. Don't let your e-commerce tech stack hold you back. Embrace the unifying force of Sendlane and take your business to new heights. Sign up today and experience the power of streamlined operations, increased efficiency, and revenue growth. Visit sendlane.com slash honest to learn more and schedule your free consultation with a Sendlane expert. That's sendlane.com slash honest. Obviously, you guys found traction on Amazon, invested in there, saw it grow a bit. You brought in a business partner. Is that as a marketplace channel? Is that still the majority of the business? Or did you bring in uh, kind of your own website in the past few years? So that's definitely always been top of mind. Like I think Amazon has obviously grown and there's massive businesses on Amazon. Um, but also being on Amazon, you realize like you do not, they are in control. Uh, you know, your business is on or off with a listing coming down, which can be from the competitor saying something, you know, random things that occur at Amazon errors on the back end. Like, and so you can go from, you know, a hundred K a day on a product to zero you know, immediately. And <laughs> that's like not cool, obviously. And so even when Amazon was good, I'm like, I do not want to be live or die by Amazon. And so I was very focused on building the D2C. Uh, fortunately with Devin, like we knew that was the goal. Um, we also believe like, I think people have come around to this, but I've always thought you can't build a brand on Amazon. You can build a brand outside of Amazon and then it can, you know, people want to buy through Amazon. I love buying through Amazon, but uh, we were very focused on building a brand on our website, controlling that channel. And then Amazon is just another way that you can reach people. But we're, you know, aware of like how much of our catalog we put on Amazon. You know, new launches are always on there. We want to offer more value to our customers and more connection and personalization through our website. So now, um, 2021, um, we kind of flipped to D2C being more of the revenue and then uh 22 uh 
significantly more. And now Amazon, we've like retooled a lot of stuff. It was really honestly neglected by me because I'm very like, it's not a very fun platform. I like to be creative and you just kind of have to play the Amazon game. And so um, we brought in some really great people on the Amazon side. And now Amazon is growing because it is one of those things where, you know, it's the volume of dollars and customers that come through that channel. You cannot ignore it. You know, it's just, that's where most people shop. So I think we'll, we'll see at the end of this year, I think it's going to be about probably 50, 50 split. And I would be impressed if we can outpace uh, Amazon growth because we're, you know, we're getting back to that first page listing and that's like, exponential growth when you go from like you know second page to first page to now you're in the top 20 and then you know it's hard to say absolutely albert now we're talking about all these awesome things that have happened over the past you know decade uh plus even you know looking back though is there anything that stands out to like maybe a mistake you made along the way that you want to be like hey like i did this you guys should not do this yeah um thinking that you can make great products and people will buy them um (laughs) i would be super retired by now um the yeah like you just i i've been fortunate to work in different organizations too throughout this like invested in other companies and advised or or been an active role and i think there's always like a there's different like people have different skills and brains in the business and there's like the engineering side that typically says the fuck does marketing do you know like honestly like we don't need them let's just build an amazing product and the marketing's like Literally, we are the entire business. Like we make all the money. Like these guys just need to make what we tell them to. And then there's like the creative side that, you know, <laughs> does creative stuff. And so like finding, um, you know, realizing that you have to like blend all those things together. Like what the package looks like really matters. What the, you know, base product is really matters. Marketing really matters. And like having a balance around that. Most people are, uh, shifted one direction or the other. Like, you know, I'm, you know, I think I'm relatively intelligent and I think a lot of people think, Oh, marketing doesn't work on me, et cetera, like that. So you're like, why do I need to market? I'm going to sell to people like me who like will recognize this is a great product. And it's like, you know, that's not true. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's one thing I would say, um, doing some basic stuff around. I'm, I don't err on the side of, I'm more like a handshake guy, you know? Um, I think being from the South and everything like that and just how I operate, I'm, I'm very straightforward with people. And, uh, in business, like it's nice to do that. I see a lot of, you know, once the space got kind of like cooler to be a founder, a lot of people came in that maybe came from more connected backgrounds or different things. And, you know, their parents or whatever would be like, you need a lawyer, you need this operating agreement, you need all this stuff. And it would be so overbuilt from like the, they've already spent $50,000 in legal fees before they've even done anything. And I'm like, that's crazy, but you should have some basic kind of operating agreements with co-founders and different things like that, that are clear and simple. You don't have to reinvent the wheel on that stuff. You can do that very basically, but that's what I would say is like, you know, recognizing the parts of the business that you don't naturally have an inclination towards that are equally important, you know? Uh, so I think that's marketing for some people. It's, uh, you know, aesthetic or branding for some people. And it's kind of the core engineering or like the actual product aspect, basically legal stuff. Um, and that also the basic legal thing extends to there's, you know, I'm sure other people have seen this in e-com. There's kind of ambulance chaser type things out there that go, oh, you, you know, didn't have this letter the right on your package. And, you know, basic stuff like that where it's avoidable, you know, there's going to be pitfalls. So having someone that you can speak to that I didn't get good advisors for a long time. And once I found them, they helped point out some things, which was really cool. So if you can find a good advisor, it's helpful. 
Oh, that was just the that that could just be the whole podcast. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do the people dirty like that. That was that was an amazing. Those are some great insights there. Now, if if I'm listening to this this podcast and I want to check out the product, where should I go? Yeah, promixnutrition.com. You can go to uh, at promix on Instagram. Um, I would say you know that's one piece of advice, and this is more from the advisor side. Is you know most brands try to do a bunch of different channels. You're like, Oh, if this one's working, let me diversify. Let me, and it's like, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> just if something's working, shut up, do more of the thing that's working. And that's again, like what I would do. Like if I could go back and just say, Albert, I don't care if you like Amazon or not, Amazon's working, just don't do anything else. I would, would be retired, you know? Um, and that's probably the best advice. You see the people that do really well. Um, I haven't been attracted to some of the like vanity metric stuff, but you know, definitely don't be chasing articles. Like the people that are really crushing it are just doing, they're in a super focused zone of doing what works and just keep doing it. And they just keep doing it until they see like clearly diminishing returns or you've really exhausted something and then you move on. But yeah. Yeah. No, Albert, you are saying things that I've been saying for a very long time here. Uh, like one thing is we're talking about like getting caught up in, in like the legal stuff. It's just like, yeah, a lot of people, start a business and they are doing business, but they're not selling a product yeah. and they're not making any money. And I was like, that's not a business. That's a, a waste of money right now. I don't know. It's like, go sell the thing. And then uh, the other thing is uh, so many times I'll talk to founders and they're starting to find product market fit and they're starting to do the thing. And they're like, yeah, so like Instagram works. We're going to go try TikTok and Snapchat too. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Take all that budget, put it in. You found, you found it already. Just pour gas on the fire. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think people, a lot of times it like you, you know, you've been around the space and you know, and like, if you're a young founder, you don't know those things and you think, well, more is more, you know, can I do these other things? And like having someone who's like, tells people like you, sometimes you don't recognize how special something that you're doing is that is working or somebody, you need someone to tell you this isn't actually that great, you know, (laughs) like, um, so having like a reality check right there is super helpful where you go, look, if you are, this is your CAC on Instagram, like this is good. Keep doing this. You know, like, I don't know what you're talking about if you're trying to do something else. No, oh, absolutely. Now, Albert, is there anything that I haven't asked you about today that you think would resonate with our audience? No, I, I'd say like, I don't know. I was, I was trying to think of like helpful stuff. Um, definitely not having too much money is helpful. That's, that's good. <laughs> you need to be motivated. You will like, I've had times, like I said, where the business was going very well. It was at a smaller scale, but it was very profitable. And I was like, Oh, like I can try these new products or like, Oh, way over optimized on something that no one cares about. That's like a personal thing. And you have to realize like where you are in that. Um, you know, you, if you want to have a business that is kind of more lifestyle and you want to do crazy stuff, like I over designed different packaging and did unique things that. You have to keep in mind the margins of different things. I think that's like, again, like if you come from a non-traditional kind of background, like me, I didn't, you know, I would consider a lot of people in that are successful have done something like gone to Wharton or, or something like that, where they're a bit more like purebred as far as like, you know, spreadsheets or technical. Um, and you get drilled on having things like, well, what's your gross margin? Like most founders that are creative or product driven, that's kind of an afterthought. And it can be, and it should be, you should try to do something that is so cool and unique. And it really, I think scratches like your own itch 
But then you also need to reality check that and say, can this actually ever get to a point where these margins make sense? Um, otherwise, you don't have a business, you know, and I think that's actually a risk that can occur. Um, I think it happens more like I've seen it when I've been involved in like hardware companies where like, oh, yeah, the costs are going to come down and it like never happens. And you just have this like really expensive hardware thing that it, if it if it, the business doesn't make sense on, on the basic economics, like that has to be a dead end. doesn't matter if the product's cool, like unless you can charge what you need to charge and people will pay it, then it's not a business. So some of those like basic business learnings where again, like I just didn't have a network to get uh, mentorship early on, but you know, seven, eight years later, finally started to find those people who uh, have different backgrounds than me and are experts, you know, CFO type or a CMO type that can just say, dude, that channel is great. Do it. Or, Hey, don't launch a product unless it, you've got at least this margin to start with, or it's just a non, it's a non-starter. And having those like very clear guidelines helps. Absolutely, Albert. Uh, this has been an amazing episode. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all your insights. Yeah, it's awesome, Chase. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. We can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own businesses. You can find all the links in the show notes. You can subscribe to the newsletter at honestycommerce.co to get each episode delivered right into your inbox. If you're enjoying this content, consider leaving a review on iTunes that really helps us out. Lastly, if you're a store owner looking for an amazing partner to help you get your Shopify store to the next level, reach out to Electric Eye at electriceye.io slash connect. Until next time.